Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Wilmore. This is the second series of the Journey Podcast, where we're speaking to the writers and photographers who contributed to issue two of Journey magazine. And as such, I'm joined by Rudolf Abraham, a photographer, travel writer and guidebook author based in London. Thanks for joining us, Rudolf. How are you doing today? You well? Hi, Cy. I'm well, thanks. How about you? Fantastic. Yeah, doing very, very well. Thank you. It's uh I felt like summer was over, winter was coming, but I, maybe there's a little bit of sunshine poking through the clouds. Maybe there's a, a little bit of sunshine left here in the here in the Cotswolds. What about yourself? Is it OK down in London? There's yeah, there's yeah, there's some blue skies. I just came back from two very, very sunny weeks in Croatia. So I'm adjusting oh. to less blue skies and <laughs> the, the occasional helicopter sound being back in East uh, Yeah, Good to be back. Right. How was how was yeah. your time in Croatia? Whereabouts were you? It was lovely. I was on a family holiday on an island for, for a week and then doing bits of the odd bit of work while I was there and then in a little village near Zada. Oh, beautiful. I, I mean, Croatia feels like it's been a, a, a mainstay of your of your travel writing career. We were going to talk about this later, but let's talk about it now. It feels like you spend quite a lot of time in kind of Central Eastern Europe. How did how did that come about? Why you? How, Sorry, how did yeah, that how... happen? I, I, um, well, I've always had a bit of a, a thing for um central and southeast europe or um which i you know sometimes i can i could say i trace it back to things in my childhood and mm-hmm. um from you know the meals we used to eat from this recipes from a balkan cookbook that was around the house or wow. you know living opposite um the author rebecca west in a little village um uh-huh. Ibsen. but i i actually i went to um to live in Zagreb at the end of the 90s um to work as an English teacher and to the idea was that while I was doing that I was going to write a book about Central Asia because I'd been spending the last few years before that traveling to and fro across eastern Turkey and Iran and the Caucasus and Central Asia um 
on long overland trips and then coming back to London and um, doing whatever job I could find to pay for the next trip. <laughs> it's like a um, in a mirror. But while I was while I was living in Croatia, I just ended up, you know, finding more and more things to say about about that, about Croatia that weren't being said, because in the late 1990s, all you'd ever really read about was the war or the economy or Dubrovnik and nothing else. And as someone who was going hiking with um, Croatian girlfriends, now Croatian wife, and a whole load of local hikers, there was this whole other side of the country that would have been new for, for most people. And so I ended up writing a, well, pitching and then writing a, a hiking guidebook to, to Croatia for Cicerone back in 2003, 2004. Um, that was my, my first book. That was my first gig as a, wow. as, a, as a travel writer. And it was sort of surprisingly, they got back to me and said, yes. Um, <laughs> and it, it went on, went on from, from there. Good Lord. So that's, uh, I mean, that's really in at the deep end, right? Straight in as a, as a guidebook writer to arguably an unknown destination all those, all those years ago. Yeah, I think I was just lucky pitching to the right um, publisher at the right time. Uh, Timing's everything, I guess. Um, yes, so um, they say. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh, kind of delve back now into a little bit more. Who is Rudolf? Tell us a little bit about where you where you come from. Did you if you studied where you studied and, and a little bit more about how you got into the world of travel writing? So Rudolf comes from London. I was born in London, grew up around London. Um, I was lucky enough to travel a lot as a as a child. Uh, lots of trips around around France and most of my school holidays were spent in a a lovely little village in Mallorca somewhere between the mountains and the sea where my mum was working as a doctor and you know that that part of Europe or southern Europe to me became you know the bit of the world that I that I loved more than more than coming back here necessarily and going back to school Um, (laughs) and then I'd also always wanted, I fell in love with photography at quite an early age. I saved up for about two years when I was 12 and bought myself a, my first real camera, this old battered old press camera. And then as a teenager, moved to New Zealand. Um, oh, we emigrated. Wow. I lived there for 10 years. I went to art school there and studied photography. Um, then left art school, uh, slash dropped out of art school. <laughs> Um, to become a guitar teacher slash rock star. And when I realized that wasn't going to work, I went back and studied art history and then worked for a bit and then um, saved up and bought a ticket back to to London and did, you know, one job or or another, as I said before, and and to pay for long trips in, in Europe or mostly in the Middle East and, and Central Asia. And it was, it was through, one, through one of those trips um, that I ended up moving to, to Zagreb. And a bit after that, you, you already know. I'd, I'd, always, you know. I'd always taken photos on trips. I'd always taken a camera with me. Um, and particularly on the, the longer trips in my late 20s, I was always keeping a long long form journals and writing about it. So 
the, the, the two coming together eventually, me deciding to make a living out of them rather than do something else right to, to pay for doing the things that I really liked just kind of gradually happened over a, quite a long period of time. Okay. So, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like maybe you're, you know, early 20s by this point. You've already had four different careers, six different dreams. You've lived in seven different countries, it sounds like. Pretty uh, pretty kind of hectic start to to your life as a, as a young travel journalist. Is that, I mean, you lived in, you say you lived in, you didn't live in Mallorca, but you spent a lot of time in Mallorca. Yeah, I would just, in... just spend my school holidays there. Um, wow. I mean, I... I, uh, you said a beautiful little village in Mallorca. I think I spent most of my school holidays in a beautiful little village in Herefordshire. So not quite as exotic a, a, an upbringing, but it sounds like you've had some phenomenal kind of uh, experiences and arguably that's kind of shaped your your career and, and got you interested in, in the wider world and journaling it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, absolutely. They, they That all did shape me, although, you know, it didn't, you know, come together into making a living as a travel writer and photographer until until considerably considerably later until I tried a few other things um fantastic a, a, a few other things being being the rock star I mean we've all been there right yeah I, right. I, I play guitar <laughs> I, I play know. keyboard I know desperate you know I was I saw myself as a rock star at 15 16 yeah. 17 years old as well I think I think a lot of us do I'm, and literally right now I'm surrounded by uh two guitars and a ukulele and a piano and little you know remnants of dreams gone by as it were i think, I uh, think a lot of us have the same thing um yeah. this is this is fantastic rudolph so so you say you came back you you uh, moved back to to the uk and i guess this is where your your kind of career proper should we say started to take off perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the the first jobs you had in the in the industry maybe the first destinations that you got to visit so the um the first well the first real gig that i had was this guidebook for for Cicerone, yeah, of course, the of course. Croatia guidebook. Um, and at the time, I wasn't doing any work for for magazines. Um, I was working for a private art collection, wow. um, which I did for more than five years, and gradually doing more and more freelance travel writing, as well as that. And till a, at a certain point, I went you know, cut down my hours and days and then went went completely freelance about 12 years ago. Um, and after after the first uh, the first book for Cicero and the Walking in Croatia one, mm -hmm. that went straight into doing a, a hiking guide to Montenegro for the same publisher. And both of these were, you know, th there weren't any hiking guides in English to either of those places. There were there were a few guidebooks to Croatia then there was a there was only one to, to Montenegro so it was all quite quite trail new raising, trailblazing stuff yeah. and then I started doing um few articles for a few different magazines one of the one of the magazines I've worked for for longest was Hidden Europe I did some early stuff for Wanderlust for um uh outdoor outdoor enthusiast which mm -hmm. sadly is no longer with us, but I you know, was writing for them for more than 10 years. Um, and, you know, because, because guidebook work, depending, you know, everyone I think will have a different experience on this, but depending on how you do it, doesn't necessarily um, pay the bills very well. So, <laughs> sure. I, whereas I would always supplement that um, with, with magazine articles um, and 
selling photography, uh, selling photos separately. Um, and mm -hmm. and yeah, there were sort of more, more and more magazines that I that I ended up writing for. Um, and I, yeah, either either I was very lucky and ended up working with a with an editor or a series of editors in a magazine, which you know, I might still be working with ten years later. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like everyone, they you, know, you you can pitch some to to some outlets for a, a long, long, long period of time, and and you don't really get anywhere. <laughs> it's all about. <laughs> we'll come on to that side of it later as well. Of course, I mean the, the the foot in the door or the not what you know who you know kind of thing seems to be massively powerful kind of analogies in our industry in particular especially for freelancers and then lord knows we'll we'll get into that because that's a crucial part of 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 any freelancer's career uh let's talk a little bit more about your time in kind of croatia montenegro we said at the start you you arguably nowadays uh, central slash european europe specialist tell us about um kind of your favorite destinations i know that's a really difficult question for somebody in travel media but any particular kind of destinations or trips stand out as favorites it it, it is a difficult question and i'm i think i'm lucky enough that i haven't really been to places that i didn't like um and i, I certainly wouldn't make Very a nice point of, i wouldn't make a point of going to somewhere that i wasn't um particularly interested in and in terms of places that um or trips that have gone particularly well or that are particularly memorable mm -hmm. um you know I, I do have this very um close relationship with with Croatia um, and and with Slovenia as well, which you know I've been going there for the for the same amount of time over you know 20, 25 years, whatever it is. Wow. Um, but there, you know, there have been other trips completely outside that region which have just been amazing and you know everything everything worked as it was meant to. Like um, one one of the trips I did to Patagonia. Hiking, hiking around the Torres del um, Paine wow. area. That that was one of those you know, perfect trips, and I wasn't doing it for uh, for work. It was a it was a holiday. Although in the end, it became work because I ended up writing a guidebook about it. It always becomes work. At some it always point. <laughs> almost always does, unless I go and stay on a small island somewhere where there's nothing to do. <laughs> Our journey would commission that. I'm sure. No worries. <laughs> Yeah, and the, you know when when I was living in in Zagreb, everything you know if if it, the Julian Alps in Slovenia was you know just a train ride away, a um, couple of hours a couple of hours to Ljubljana on the train, mm -hmm. I would do trips to um, Trieste in in Italy. Uh, I was in Serbia a bit, but I haven't been for a long time. Um, did a lot of trips from Croatia to to Montenegro. It was all you know very close and you know convenient to get from one place to to the other and get to know to get to know this as a as a region mm. sort of better and and, and better and I'd, I'd decided by that point that i wanted to and I, I was more interested in knowing more about um one area or one region um than trying to cover everything all over the all over the world so Definitely. To all, become... all my yeah, all all my tra travel in the past 10, 12 years has been within Europe, and most of it is to you know a, f a few areas, whether that's Central Southeast Europe, and that might 
depend whether I'm working on a lot of Croatia stuff or I'm working on a on a book in, on on Austria or as I do a lot I've always you know done lots of trips to to France because it's somewhere I've known and loved for a long time and you know, it's just it's so easy to to get there and then okay and another trip going back a bit that uh it was particularly special were um or well, number of trips were to um the Lofoten Islands in in Norway because yeah. again it's just there's amazing unforgettable landscape and they just happened to be trips where everything worked from logistics to the people I met up with or was traveling with to the northern lights just always appearing when you know when they should when they were told to basically when they were told to yep <laughs> yeah and that doesn't happen very often right I've, no. I've, I've been quite lucky myself I've been two three four maximum times into the into the arctic circle and one of the times actually we were we it, they were so impressive that the local we were staying in like a, effectively an airbnb before the days of airbnb a local mm-hmm. cabin and the local neighbor uh you, you know sorry the neighbor who was a local said quick come and see them i've lived here for 10 years and i haven't seen them this good which was wow. quite a, a humbling kind of phenomenal experience but you know they are a they are a fickle mistress, aren't they? And they won't do what they're told. So no, they don't usually see them. And, and if you can capture some photography of them, then then that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it, yeah, I'm sure um, you've been lucky enough to do so. Yeah, when when I was there, I was meeting up with a bunch of um, Norwegian photographers and oh, great. some some photographers from other places that we'd all met through a um, through an online forum and a gear it was a gear forum and yeah one one time someone just said you know well let's um I'll, i i know a place we can all go and stay if everyone books their tickets to yeah and we split the accommodation costs we'll just go and chase northern lights for a few days fantastic yeah. it's a good life isn't it we're, we're very very lucky people. we are very lucky we are what's uh, tell me a little bit more about this is it quite a common thing for 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 you know people on forums or fora i guess we should say to uh say let's go to the northern lights as in your life as a photographer is that quite a common occurrence um that i don't really know it may be it may not be it was a forum that i was on for a few years mm-hmm. haven't been on for quite a few years and i'm <laughs> i'm not really on any others <laughs> I'm the same. i don't know <laughs> just recently i deleted the uh the two most obvious social media apps in the world uh you know just just I mean, I know it's important, especially for our kind of industry that we are, but I don't miss them one little bit, I have to say. I need to get a bit more active in them. Like I say, it's a, it's a crucial part of our industry, the, the 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 creator economy or whatever people call it now, online journalism, et cetera. But yeah, I'll I'll reinstall them one day, but not in any any rush. Um so it sounds like your, you know, your career is it's been it's been a phenomenal career folks if you're if you're listening Rudolph and I have known each other for a few years now through the British Guild of Travel Writers and various other kind of events across the years it sounds like you've had an incredible career already Rudolph let's talk a little bit about how you kind of became involved in in Journey how did that come about for anybody who's not aware uh, Rudolph wrote a piece on the Salzkammergut did I pronounce that correctly in Austria yeah and you wrote a piece about that how did that come about so until until COVID, sorry, I mentioned um, E17 helicopter sounds earlier on. You're going to get one now. So, so <laughs> problem, in the in the sort of couple of years running up to COVID, um, I sp- I did lots and lots of trips to Salzkammergut region in mm-hmm. in Austria, um, working on a on a hiking guide 
another hiking guide. For Cicero. Course, I don't always, just always. write hiking guides, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, quite a few of them. Um, and I, I knew about the journey um, a little bit before before the first issue came out. And as right. soon as I got my hands on the first issue, I pitched a couple of story ideas to Cav and, <laughs> and to Emma, both of whom I already knew at least a little bit through through the guild mm-hmm. um and yeah one of those ideas was um slovenia a, a, feature, a story on slovenia and the other was salskamagut and they came back and said yeah salskamagut um partly uh but again um luckily i had sort of loads and loads of of images spread over loads of different seasons yeah, um of of this of this area and loads of material to to write about and so they they commissioned that one and and, yeah, and it's it's a it's uh to give journey a, their due it's it's just it's it's an amazing format it's it's so <laughs> so nice so rewarding to see um a story come out spread over 10 pages it's quite a rare thing is it's a yeah. wonderful thing to be a part of i have to say it's it um, there haven't been too many um What's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? There haven't been too many kind of wins to celebrate in the last three years of the travel media industry, as I'm sure you folks can imagine, with yep. with the world falling apart and all the rest of it. But there have been a couple of things to celebrate, a couple of wins, and I absolutely think Journey Magazine is one of them. So well done, Cav. Well done, yep, Jordan. Um, but before I go waxing lyrical about my bosses, that's not that's not something people want to listen to. Um, tell us a little bit about the the actual article itself. Um, you, I believe you you went with your family, right? Um. I I did most of the trips while I was researching that book with my daughter when she was, um, you know, however old she was when I was doing that, which sure. sort of at 10, 9, 10. Um, and she'd been on quite a few trips with me before um, because as a parent, I'd decided early on to try and do lots of family articles as a way to, you know, not just be an absent parent. Um, it was much more and, and it was much more fun and you know, I was lucky I got to travel with um with, with family as a as a child so as far as I could see it was it was a, a good thing Absolutely. um and yeah most of the pretty much all of the all of the hikes in this guidebook she was she did as well you know it was sort of from you know, a few short day trips to I think the longest was 17 days straight of um yeah quite long days going up and down in the in the south come and yeah and she loved it so so the any, anything i write about that part of austria inevitably has has quite a bit of her in it well that's a that's a great way to get the you know you, you're always hearing that the kids aren't getting enough exercise nowadays the kids aren't doing this the kids <laughs> are spending too much time on their on their laptops or their phones that feels like pretty a pretty fantastic way to to get out into the world with your children. What a what a wonderful thing! Yeah, she did. She definitely got quite a lot of exercise on those trips. <laughs> fantastic! I'm, I'm very jealous. It sounds like a, a hell of a hell of a trip, and I arguably I should be doing a lot more walking. But let's not go down that journey right now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about the future, Rudolph. Uh, do you have any kind of trips or, or stories uh, in the pipeline? What are your plans for the next couple of months? So I'm uh, finishing working on a, a new guide to the, guide Juliana, to the Juliana Trail in Slovenia. Wow. Um, so apart until the last few months, the, the, the only big travel that I did um, during the last two years were, was to Slovenia to hike this new long distance route around the, the Julian Alps. Um, and like award winner from the guild. Is that right? Is that the one? It was, yes. Nominated by me and, and it won, which was was nice to to see. And, and like everything else that got put back, um <laughs> due to due to covid and i'm finishing that this month so that will come out sometime fantastic uh, sometime who, who's that one with for the people listening who that's that's for cicerone oh, fantastic fantastic yeah. so that's and, uh sorry yeah carry on no, and um i've got a trip to switzerland coming up in september which i'm really looking forward to which is also for journey magazine hiking some of the the new via burner there wow that's gonna be fun so that's starting in in burn right is that right um it's it doesn't start in burn but it goes through burn and i'll um yeah i'll be doing sort of the last how many stages it is nearly a week or six stages five or six stages at the at the end fantastic so that will be the journey Issue three, sorry to cut you off. Is that right? No, that's all right. That'll be for, um, yes, I, I believe that's for issue three. Fantastic. Well, it's, it's a great opportunity to plug the magazine. You know, I've got to do my job, right? So Journey mm-hmm. Magazine, folk, issue three will be out in November 2022, uh, including wonderful stories such as Rudolph's and a load of stories that I have to go and proofread this afternoon, which I will get to <laughs> as soon as we're done here. Uh, excellent. Well, so Switzerland kind of in September, um any anything else on the on the horizon any plans um back to france back in to france. october for back to the vercor to, oh, beautiful. Oh, to yeah. do a piece for um for uh for tgo great outdoors yep um and yeah those, those are the two sort of trips that are on the on the immediate horizon i've That's i'm awesome. i've been talking about maybe um breaking out of my self-imposed europe mode and <laughs> doing a long trip to new zealand in the in sort of around the new year and in january but i don't oh, know right. if that's going to happen yet is that is that a, a kind of a family thing connected to your your upbringing as you said at the start of this conversation or something that would be a a mixed if it, if it works it would be a mixed family and work half and half Fantastic. I mean, it makes sense going all that way, right? To try and combine both things is a yes, yeah, is a wonderful thing. Well, fantastic. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for the insight so far. Uh, let's kind of uh, 
you've obviously had a phenomenal career, Rudolph, uh, and there will be people listening who, who want to learn from you, who want to learn from the contributors to Journey. Um, perhaps uh, we can kind of start working towards the end of this conversation with a piece of advice for the people who might be listening. What advice would you give to budding writers or budding photographers, people starting out in the industry? I think you have to be patient and persistent, as probably everyone else on these podcasts has also said. Dog-eared, um, I think, was a word that's come up. Dog-eared, there you go. That's, mm. I was trying to choose gentle words. No, no, um, I think persi- it's, like, persi- it's the one above persistent, so let's go with yeah, dog-eared. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's not that, the, you know, the, there are lots of ways into the industry, as everyone said, but mm. um, it doesn't tend to, to happen overnight. And you, you have to put yourself in a... Um, in a, in a place where someone is going to sort of notice you or commission you or come back to you over quite a lot of, quite a lot of other um, people who, you know, who want to write for or photograph for the, take photos for the, the same, the same magazine or the same, Absolutely. same outlet. Um, and whether that includes um, getting to know a particular area very, very well, or, you know, as well as as well as anyone as, as anyone else, or having a particular specialty, a, a skill that you have, whether it's, it's whether it's a background in architecture or music or you know, mm-hmm. or wine, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. they're they're all things that you're going to be able to re- um, cover or say something about in more in more depth, hopefully. Add more um, value, as my corporate friends would say. You know, add more indeed. value to the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the 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 process of emailing a lot of editors is is quite a long one. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're persistent, if you if you've done your your homework on different publications, you know what? Why why would this piece fit for that magazine? And did they publish it last month? And do they cover that area at all? And and so on. Do they accept pitches from freelancers? Um, they they're all things which are sort of basic i guess basic basic rules which um are going to help put you in the in the in the right place to 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 get one of the to get a gig if that uh or to get a feature that 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 you're after definitely Um, i think i think um something that we've spoken about before is is and exactly as you touched on there you know do the basics to a certain extent you know be be knowledgeable if you're going to pitch on i don't know a music festival in croatia mm-hmm. it's only going to be a good thing if you know about croatia and all music there's yes. that's almost it's kind of the obvious you know it never hurts to go back to basics when we're talking about these kinds of things they always get overlooked it feels so you know be on time be polite be professional mm-hmm. be as you say be the person who can give the most value or the most insight to a certain topic or a certain destination yeah and you're going to be sorry yeah carry on yeah and you know be be reliable to add add to that you know, send in yeah. okay you know we we all have um uh, okay weeks or occasions when when we can't get something in on time because three other things came up on the same day three other deadlines but uh, sure. if you if you can always aim if you can always be reliable and file um, articles on time or even preferably early and keep to the the brief whether it's the the, the scope or the 
the word count again all very obvious but um it, may, it makes you a, a better a more reliable person to to deal with which therefore hopefully makes makes it more likely that you're going to get more work from that particular be a, editor. be a safe pair of hands i guess is always yeah. is always again obvious but but these things are definitely worth repeating or, or worth or worth saying in the first place and That's and a, yeah being being a a nice person to <laughs> to work with as as, as much as possible it's no, it, it also worked out okay obvious, for me and i can't every, say every, you know, ed, editors are trying to field um pictures here and there and there's no reason really why they should spend any more time looking at yours Absolutely. than 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 someone else's so you have to you know be reasonable and you know wait a bit before you exactly right it's it's very somebody i can't remember who where this conversation came up before but somebody said you know if if you give an editor if you're a freelancer writer or photographer Mm. folks and you're listening and if you give a reason to an editor for them to not commission you they will take that gladly absolutely you know, and and it could be anything from being a bit rude, being a bit pushy, being, uh, you know, clearly a little bit out of your depth when it comes to a topic or a destination mm-hmm. of conversation. If if the editor can find a way to say no, basically they have to because they've got so many people jumping at the bit to do so. So basically, it's the the conversation went. I can't remember who we had this conversation with, but back in the day when you were like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. Or, or at least in my uh, you know my history my experience mm-hmm. you if you give a bouncer a reason to not let you into a nightclub they will take that reason gladly <laughs> if you're if you're if you're not dressed smartly or if you look maybe a little bit inebriated or if you're wearing the wrong shoes or if you're a little bit cheeky a little bit lippy the bouncer will gladly take that opportunity to say no sorry boys you're not coming in tonight kind of thing and Absolutely. I always thought that analogy was kind of relevant with editors as well. If they can have a reason to say no, they will take that no gladly and run with it, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about my life trying to get into nightclubs. That's, no, that's not what people <laughs> want to hear about. Um, Rudolph, thank you so much for your time. Perhaps you, uh, we can kind of start drawing to a close. You can tell people uh, where they can find you, if you're social media or on your website. How can people find Rudolph Abraham online? Rudolph Abraham, you can find, um, I have a photography website, RudolphAbraham.com. The Rudolph was with an F. Yes. Um, and the sort of more writing orient, travel writing oriented is RudolphAbraham.co.uk. I'm on Instagram at Rudolph Photo and LinkedIn and Twitter at Rudolph Abraham. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I think that's just about all we have time for. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, my name's Cy Wilmore, and you've been listening to Rudolph Abraham. Thank you so much for joining us, Rudolph. Thanks, Cy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, which is available at journeymag.com. That's J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com, or wherever you usually access your podcasts. I'm Cy Wilmore, and thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.